Hi. Is that better now? Yes, yes. Good, 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 good. Yeah, okay. So to our viewers, hello and welcome to Generational Elect. Today is a very rare episode, one where Henry is actually not on the pod. And I'm Griffin Roeder. I will be hosting today's interview. Um, it'll be with Mike Asbury of the Braver Angels nonprofit. Uh, the Braver Angels nonprofit is dedicated to the depolarization across America um, and trying to um, bridge together partisan divides in a civil manner, in a manner that does not involve violence. And um, to start, Mike, if you'd like to introduce yourself uh, to uh, our audience, that would be splendid. Well, first of all, thank you, Griffin, for inviting uh, Braver Angels to participate in your show. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm hopeful that I can give you the information that you need and that your listeners need to understand Braver Angels and our mission. Um, I am the organizer for the New York State Capital Region Alliance, of which across the country, Braver Angels has 73 local alliances in 32 states. And um, just as you so aptly described, we are intent upon offering the public uh, an alternative method of communication so that we can avoid civic divorce in this country. Uh, we are presently uh, in uh, a state of affairs which is unique and, and significantly different than we've seen in some time. And um, we are aiming to seek out folks, both liberal and conservative, to learn how to talk to one another and learn how to listen to one another. Uh, we are not suggesting to anyone that they change their mind about their views but rather that they just take the time to hear what other people say and to absorb perhaps some, some things that they may find useful. So um, Braver Angels is, is in a position these days to uh, hold events across the country. We do that by holding debates. We have um, workshops which involve um, an equal number of conservatives and liberals we have smaller events where it may just be liberals and just be conservatives, uh, which by the way, we refer to as reds and blues in today's parlance. And um, we are um, an alliance as, as you stated with an aim to depolarize America. Yes, yes, a very, very noble goal and uh one that myself and other members of the pod like Henry and Jack would very much respect. Um, what inspired you to join uh, the Braver Angels nonprofit? The welfare of my grandchildren. Really? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, I'm 72 years old. Um, I've been through the 60s. Um, I tend to lean probably more liberal than anything else. A few conservative opinions, but I'm very concerned about what's going to happen to their world in the years to come. We are in the midst of some turmoil, and um, I want to do what part I can to um, mitigate that that turmoil, to, to calm down the, the rhetoric. So that's why I'm here, and um, uh, I'm happy to be in a, in a position where I can spend the time on it being retired. 
there are yes. a number of other folks who are, who are who are retired as well, but not certainly not entirely. So, how old are your grandchildren? They're twelve and eight. They're lovely. <laughs> oh, little little younger than I am at a uh, seventeen. Yeah. Um, are you from Albany? Yeah, I grew up. I grew up in the Capital District. Yep, I certainly did, and I love this area. It's great. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's got a little bit of everything. Like I'm out here in uh, Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. We're equidistant from the big city of Albany, <laughs> and you know, like a few miles the other way, and you're in rural Clarksville, and uh, it's like a very almost like a little microorganism of uh, of America where you've got. A little bit of everything. You've got suburbs, you've got a city, and you've got a substantial rural area too. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because, in fact, one of the uh, growing alliance formations uh, in in one of the the formats. If uh, folks want to take a look at our website, braverangels.org, they will see that <clears throat> we're also concerned about the rural and urban divide. Um, there is a significant. Uh, divide there and it's been that way for some time indeed there is as there's a strong trend for urban voters to back uh, members of the democratic party running for political office and for uh, rural voters to generally back um, the republican party with suburbs being very much uh, a mi mixed bag um, was there any particular like politician or political candidate or just someone you knew in your community that um, definitely inspired you to uh, like try to commit yourself towards depolarization and the lessening of partisan divides in the United States? Well, I'll have to answer that in an historical context because I'm a bit of a history buff myself. Uh, hey, me too. My, uh, my background is in uh, master's in public service with a bachelor's in economics and political science. And I have to tell you that my hero on this question is none other than Abraham Lincoln. Um, you know, one of the, <clears throat> one of the <clears throat> things that he says refers to the better angels of our nature, which is by the way, the former name of braver angels. We had a little copyright omission. We didn't know <laughs> somebody else was called uh, uh, better angels. So we changed our name to braver angels about a year and a half ago. But Lincoln said, the mystic chords of memory will yet swell the chorus of the union when again touched as surely they will be by the better angels of our nature. He said that it is in 1861. And so um, when and if um, anyone takes a look at his life, whether you're uh, dyed in the wool a uh, lost cause Southerner or not, it's pretty hard to uh, not agree that he was a man of some courage. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we need, and, and humility. Uh, and so I have to say that we need more humble men than we need uh, proud men right now. Yeah. So uh, he's my, he's my hero in this one. <laughs> Yeah, and he's a very iconic president. He's got his face up on Mount Rushmore and a sprawling monument in Washington, D.C., uh, in view of the Capitol Rotunda. And uh, let's see. Then, um, 
has has your organization ever been compared to like the Lincoln Project, which is um, the organization of former Republicans that encourage voters to vote for Biden? Not at all. That's a partisan organization. Yeah. And I, I definitely do see uh, I, I do have some gripe against uh, the the Lincoln Project, and it, it is uh, very much a partisan organization while uh, Brave Angels is devoted to um, depolarization. Um, would you say that um, uh, you've been around for in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, would you say that politics was generally like more civil during that era than it is now in 2021? Um, by, by most measures, yes. By a few, maybe. Um, most measures being that, you know, we had uh, the absence of a real solid gridlock. For example, in the Congress, we, we have a gridlock today. Um, and, you know, the, the, the biggest difference, and I think that's the, the critical factor here, is the Internet and uh, information silos, which is really where we have to put a lot of our attention in examining what impact they have on all of us. And I'm no different. You know, we think not just with our, 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 our intellect, but we think, and I put that in quotes, we think, we conclude, we believe with our emotions as well. And there is a great deal of um, emotional impact from cable news, from um, you know, talk at you kinds of talk shows, left or right. And they didn't exist in the 60s, in the 70s. Not at all to the extent that they do today and then couple that with a wealth of information that's just sometimes too much to verify. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and, and so it's somewhat understandable that people can easily get fired up and draw conclusions on the basis of their tribal affiliations, their emotions, you know? So I think it is different considerably. Yeah. And I must admit that we as humans are a very funny set of creatures and we have a very strange version to being wrong. And we always try to, uh, or often try to cope with, um, specific measures such as uh, defense mechanisms or uh, logical fallacies. Uh, that's one thing I've definitely uh, noticed that we've tried to do. And would you agree with the statement that if like the Republican Party and the Democratic Party focused more on like promoting their own agenda and how they would uh, benefit Americans rather than attacking the other party and slandering uh, the other party's politicians that um, said party would receive a benefit um, in elections and uh, down ballot races? I'd like to think so. <laughs> the, pro <laughs> the problem, of course, is that um, the partisan divide and uh, the, frankly, the, the lack of um, civic education and understanding on the part of many, not just left, not just right, um, lends itself to a, 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 a tribal affiliation, which really is not always necessarily rational. And would one mm -hmm. party benefit 
by, as you call it, um, and I think you need to clarify what you mean, call working for the benefit of the nation. Now, that's a subjective question. Yeah. You know, they both think they work for the benefit of the nation, you know, and maybe they do. Um, you know, yeah. uh, we're, I'm, I'm, I've got my own opinions about what the benefit of the nation is. But, you know, this kind of boils down to a real epistemological question. What's the truth? <laughs> you know, yeah. and if we can't agree on the truth, which or the facts, which is a little different, then we're going to have a hard time coming to any solid conclusions about just about anything. And so, you know, uh, the informed voter has to do a lot of homework today and has to do a great deal of filtering to determine for themselves, whatever that might mean, what is the truth and what are the facts and how is this best for the country, whatever they are, <laughs> you know? Yes. And so what Braver Angels does is we, we try to give people a way of thinking that through. And that does include, you know, um, what are your tribal affiliations? Can put those into consideration. We are not somebody who's trying to convert Democrats to Republicans or Republicans to Democrats. We're not necessarily going to find a lot of folks, though, who are in any nature violently inclined. I'm not going to rule them out. But uh, we're talking about 70, 75 percent of the population that has no far left or far right affiliation that 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 puts them in a position where they don't want to hear anybody else about anything anywhere. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. we're, we're not necessarily going to find a lot of success there. So I hope that yeah. answers your question. Yeah. And I guess. The term benefit of the nation is a, a very subjective term and pr different political parties have different views on what uh, benefit to the nation would be. Um, for me, it's not necessarily their stances, but what they choose to emphasize. Uh, for me, like bread and butter issues, especially economic issues are at the forefront. Um, and I have this idea that I heard about uh, a few years ago now, when I was in um, eighth grade, have you ever heard of the New York Times um, columnist David Brooks? Of course, Brooks? yeah. Yeah, uh, author of The Road to Character, which I read during my freshman good, year of good, high school. Yeah. Uh, very, very good book. Uh, very good book, very complex. Um, I love the uh, focus on Eisenhower in that book. <laughs> but yeah. uh, uh the broader picture is when I went to see him at Proctor's uh, when I was in middle school, what he described was this sort of transformation that has occurred throughout like cultural and community life in this country uh, throughout the past few decades. So it was in like the 40s and the 50s, um, it was a very, America was very community based and there was a lot of um, interconnectedness and in neighborhoods and most of the neighbor like most people in a neighborhood knew each other and then starting with the 60s you had organizations like um, students for a democratic society um, the people who wrote the port huron statement um, or port hudson right. statement whatever and also an increase in, in um on the right too and in john birch society and uh you know nazis Goldwater. Yeah. yeah and you'd see uh goldwater and uh George right. Wallace um, emerge. And then 
as you advance through the 70s, the 80s, and 90s, these, um, like, the lack of communities um, begins to grow, and uh, an era of tribalism that you referred to earlier uh, sort of begins, and I think you would agree with that statement, and I must say, uh, this is more of an anecdote, but I've lived in the same town through um, my entire life, and not in the same house. I moved essentially around the block uh, when I was about 11, but uh, in my old house, we had a very awesome set of neighbors. Like Most of the neighbors were close in age to me or my older sister, uh, who's at MIT right now, and you know we would have block parties and barbecues, and there was a, a great sense of community, and as I got older, some people moved away, and even still, those who stayed, like, the the sense, the bonds between us sort of faded away. And would you agree that, like, in your community, uh, you've seen similar circumstances? Like a, a lack of community and increase in tribalism? Um, yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're, let's just be real parochial. Let's talk about my street, the street where I live. Um, mm-hmm. It's largely retired people right now. Uh, these are these are homes that were built, you know, in the '60s and the '70s, and their kids are moved on. And so, you know, <clears throat> the things that we share um, might not be all that interesting to folks your generation. I don't know. Maybe I would wish they were intergenerational, and that's important here. I think intergenerational communication is really critical. Uh, Right in Ravina, there is a woman by the name of Linda Bruno. She has been uh, part of a movement to uh, create that intergenerational communication uh, to improve it and to bring young folk and older folk together. I think what you're doing, by the way, and I want to say this uh, before I forget, what you're doing is fantastic. It truly is. When I saw this right away, I said, my God, these folks wonderful wonderful you henry griffin jack i mean you're all doing a great job and that's the kind of stuff if if you want to um dig deeper into this work that braver angels does and and examine how the left and the right can and have over hundreds of Braver Angels uh, events across the country, you can see how they have become a community. Then, you know, you'll get the best answer to your question that you're, I think you're looking for is that, yes, it's possible. Yes, it can get better. Yes, it has been bad. Yes, we are all in this together. And um, you are, you're a you're a seed to be planted here. And, and I think that uh, your work with an organization like Brave Angels could be significant, significant. So uh, I, I want to encourage anybody who's listening to take a good look at Brave Angels. I understand that most of the people that listen to your podcast are on the younger side. Um, yeah, although I do know that uh, a few parents, like my parents, Henry's parents, and a few uh, other adults in the area. Listen. Okay. But I believe there's, um, it's a slight majority of um, like right. students, uh, Henry's friends. Fine, but let me too. make an invitation right away. 
that um, if anybody who's listening today has any questions about or interest in Braver Angels, and in particular the New York Capital Region Braver Angels Alliance, call me and I'll be happy to answer any of your questions. Please leave a message. I'm at 518-817-3877. And my email address, michael.f, like in Francis, dot asbury, A-S-B-U-R-Y, at gmail.com. I want to involve as often as, as, as many as I can of of the younger generation, because I think you hit on something in your question. Where is the community? You know, and because of the internet, mm -hmm. because of technological differences, I mean, you know, there's a lack of understanding and a lack of trust sometimes across age uh, generations. Yeah, and I'd almost have to say that uh, when I was, you know, very young growing up, uh, the internet still, the internet existed and it was popular, but uh, me not having uh, received education yet, I wasn't even in kindergarten at the time, I, uh, I didn't really know how to use it. So my interactions with other people was what, what brought me like joy and entertainment. Um, and uh, referring back to um, your, your call for people my age to uh, get involved in a call, um, Braver Angels, does... Um, does Braver Angels have an internship program? Oh, that's a wonderful question. Um, I think I think I can answer that, um, not with 100% surety, but with fairly certain that it, and it might not be called an internship program per se. The answer is uh -huh. yes. Um, we have lots of opportunities for volunteers. And um, some of the folks that work at the national level, and we're not, a, we're not heavy on staff, so we don't have a big budget, but we have a lot of dedicated mm -hmm. people, middle-aged, elderly, and I'm sure there are younger younger folks around that would welcome the participation and involvement of uh, somebody who would act like an intern. I don't, I don't have any doubt. <laughs> you, would be, you would be welcomed yeah. with open yeah. arms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Um, uh, right now I'm in uh, about three or five eighths through uh, my junior yeah. year of high school. And um, next year, my senior year, what I'm planning on doing is taking a, a research class. And uh, a part of it is you have to go out and do an internship and uh, you have like the whole year to do your internship and you get, um, you're required to have 175 hours um, proven uh, that you were at your internship. And you also have to write a, uh, a very extensive paper and give a presentation on uh, like some sort of topic related to your internship. And um, I always thought, well, uh, Braver Angels has a chapter in the capital region, so it's, it's mm -hmm. nearby. Mm -hmm. And um, now that I have a, a new connection with Braver Angels because of this interview with you, then uh, I, I would definitely put Braver Angels at like the top of the list for a uh, for an internship. And I looked, I checked with the uh, teacher and found that the criteria is uh, pretty lax. So I would I would definitely do an internship with uh, 
Braver Angels um, at the start well, of my short of, year. Uh, <clears throat> taking up a lot of time for the public to listen us go on about these details. I want to talk to you. Yep. So yeah. uh, that's a great step forward. And, and you're certainly accomplishing what um, I'm setting out to do here by your enthusiasm and your specific interest in what we do. Uh, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm pretty confident in that. Yeah. Yeah, we need more young people, more than ever. Um, and this is, as you as you inquired earlier, this is not quite like the 60s. Um, there's a bigger divide. Um, yeah. I went through that, and <laughs> this is not that. This is uh, this is much more, it's much more dangerous, frankly. Um, no one stormed the Capitol. No one wanted to storm the Capitol. You know, January 6th and the election both have increased by quantum leaps the interest in Braver Angels. And of course, like everybody else this past year or so, we've been online. <clears throat> uh, we have did a lot of on-land workshops across the country. Remember, we are in, in 32 states, all right, with 73 local alliances. And a lot of the states are in the south and north, the northwest, and every part of the country. Um, to join Braver Angels and to get the maximum benefit out of the op open use of the website, it costs a complete $12 a year. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. we're, we're not in this for the money. And we are uh, largely a, a volunteer organization. There are, there are positions that, uh, that are trained, you know, and certified as moderator of these events, as organizer of the events, as national ambassadors, as debate chairs, which I bet you'd be interested in. And, um, you know, it's about being a useful citizen, essentially. Uh, there is a large, large deposit of information on the website, which you can get into easier. Well, you can't, I don't think you can really get into it unless you pay the $12. Uh, you can look at the website and yeah, okay, that's Brave Angels, but there's quite a bit there. And um, I'll spend some time with you after this podcast to go over that with you. Yeah, very, very respectable how uh, this organization is not in it for the money. They're in it for because they truly want to uh, to further their cause, a very noble cause of decreasing the uh, political divides in this country. It is um, it is extremely noble and uh, an idea worth fighting for. And I, I applaud you and um, the other members of uh, the Brave Angels nonprofit for um, for pushing their their agenda for good. Thank you. Um, let me just go through some of the measures of success that we've had, if I can take the time to do that. Is it all right with you? Okay. Go right ahead. Um, <clears throat> we, we've grown, so, first of all, we've grown so fast that we're catching up to some of the statistics. And um, I'm going to give you some numbers from the end of uh, 2019. And then again, remember, we began in 2016. All right. It was about the time of the of the that election, that presidential election, that things started to fire up. So overall, in those 17, 18, 19 years, those four years, 79% of the participants that were involved in Braider Angels uh, report that as a result, they were better able to understand the experiences, feelings, and beliefs of those on the other side of the political spectrum. 
More than 70% say they feel more understood by those on the other side of the political divide. Now that was in a workshop called the Red Blue Workshop. That's one of the formats that we use. It's not confrontational. There are, there are, uh, dec there's decorum involved. There's a moderator. In fact, here's an interesting historical point about Brave Angels. It was based on the work of a family therapist that these models of discussion were outlined. So, you know, we have another one, another workshop called Families in Politics. How many times has anybody gone to that Thanksgiving dinner where they just didn't want to hear Uncle Fred talk again about his political views because those were so different? Yeah. You know, we've yeah. all been there, all right? I know what you're saying. Um, and we have debates, all right? We have uh, debates that are not quite the same as the presidential debate, but you definitely just state your belief and opinions. And in a format where you pass all the questions through a trained debate chair, no one speaks to each other. Mm -hmm. um, in uh, the Brave Angels debates, again, it's more than 70% of participants in these debates say the experience caused them to have more understanding of other viewpoints. And about the same proportion said they learned something that might be helpful to others. And, and about a little more than that, three and four participants report they want to follow up on relationships begun in the debate. So there you go, community. Hmm. Well, um, yeah, so the um, family therapist uh, that you referred to, uh, do, do you know oh, the yeah. name of uh, said He's family a therapist? His I... name is Bill Dougherty. He, uh, he's well-known across the country. He uh, is out of the University of Minnesota. He is considered a co-founder of uh, Braver Angels. It really began with a conversation between somebody who was a liberal and somebody who was conservative, and they realized, man, we, we don't seem to be able to talk to one another. So they hooked up with this family therapy process. Actually, that's as simple as what happened. And the first event occurred with uh, a couple of dozen people, half led, a uh, half... Um, blue half red and it was a total success so um there's much to be said about the the actual metrics of our success and that's why i am i am motivated to continue to see it succeed in the local area uh here in the capital district we've done a total of um 16 workshops or events in the last uh, soon to be 17 in the last uh, year and, uh, well, let's see, we, a little more than that. It'd be about two years, I guess, that we've done that. We had, as everybody, um, a big bite into what we were trying to do with the first half of 2020. Uh, we all started to go online and had to figure all that out, just like we're doing here with the, with the podcast. But, but that's become quite sophisticated. In fact, uh, you know, there's a certification program for on-land moderators and online moderators for these debates and events. A little bit, a little bit more uh, technical online. Mm -hmm. uh, so to, um, to wrap things up, I guess, uh, Braver Angels is not dedicated to having every person have the same opinion because yeah. that would, that would be barbarism, but to see, to see the other side as, 
for who they are. They are they are people. We're we have very similar genetics. Like we're we're all cut from uh, the same set of genes, with you know a few exceptions. The differences between individuals is for the most part just skin deep. And with Braver Angels, they're trying to so peace and unity as opposed to um, violence and division. Uh, a very noble cause, and I must say, this is this has been a fantastic interview, and I was, and I'm just so thankful that. Well, you're thank you. I just want to leave everybody with the contact information and just give you a three or three or four points that I want to make to to stick in everybody's mind. Okay. Um, we want to encourage both conservatives and liberals to participate. Uh, we need each other. There really is a need to for us to be together. And in any case, go to an event on the braverangels.org website. Sign up for it. They're actually filling up quite fast. Um, the formats are fairly well explained on the website. You can be a participant online or you can just be an observer online. And that <clears throat> um, I, wanna, I wanna distinguish one thing here. We're, we're, not, we're not simply optimists, nor are we pessimists. But I think mm -hmm. what those of us who are involved in Braver Angels and are, are, are active in it, we carry something called hope. Optimism is something that you see from your point of view. Optimism is, well, I'm sure it's going to turn out this way. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that we have hope, which is not optimism. It's about trusting that if we work together, however it turns out, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. We just have to work together. So um, that's Braver Angels in a nutshell. And I hope that I've been helpful in answering your questions because they've all been very good. Yeah, exceptionally helpful. Um, to our viewers, um, please rate and review our podcast. Um, we very much hope to uh, grow and thrive as a podcast in future weeks and months. Uh, Mr. Asbury, uh, I'm very thankful again. And uh, to our viewers, have a good Friday or Saturday or Thank you for having weekend me, in general. Thank you very much.